0: Lime Ninjas. This is Lime Ninja Radio, where we help you navigate confidently through your own personal lime journey. Everybody's journey is different, and a cookie-cutter approach just doesn't work for Lyme disease. You need Lime Ninja skills. I'm your host and acupuncturist McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 104, 104 with Lime Ninjas Greg and Stephanie from the TikTok Foundation. Also with us in the studio is our certified show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora.
1: Hi, and in this episode, you will learn about the Chickdaw Foundation, which provides grants for Lyme treatment, and how you can help by recycling these special items.
0: Yes, it was so cool to learn about Greg and Stephanie's project, to raise money to help people with, to defray the cost of Lyme treatment. We know it can be so ridiculously expensive to get, uh, the antibiotics, the IV antibiotics and the treatment and even just the testing that you need. I mean, the, uh, the Igenix test costs 700 bucks, you know, so it's just, it's so expensive. Oh. Yeah, you know, and, and when insurance just says, nah, we're not going to pay for it, it makes it all the worse because you really do need these treatments. It's not like this stuff is optional at all. So they came up with this really great idea, and I think you're going to be really excited about it. You can get people in the community uh, involved with some of these projects. It's really simple, and uh, it's a great way to get some money into Lyme disease and get grants out to people who really need the help. But before we get into today's interview, I want to make sure everybody has downloaded our Brain Fog Breathing Cheat Sheet. You know, we really haven't talked about it much recently, but it's a great technique to help balance the left and right hemispheres of your brain using a special breathing technique and also to up the oxygenation of the brain. Almost all the Lyme patients that I have in my office, they're blood oxygen tends to be a little bit low. And if your brain's a little bit starved for oxygen, it's going to be just a little bit slower. So this is a great way to get those oxygen levels up. To go ahead and get that, if you haven't already, head on over to LymeNinjaRadio.com front slash brain fog and just sign up for our newsletter and you'll get the brain fog breathing cheat sheet. Again, that's LymeNinjaRadio.com front slash brain fog and go ahead and sign up. Okie dokie, Aurora. Tell us a little bit more about today's guests, Greg and Stephanie.
1: Right. Neither Stephanie nor Greg responded well to standard antibiotic treatments for their chronic Lyme. And because none of the treatments they did pursue were covered by insurance, they both amassed a debt of over $250,000. And when they went searching for some kind of charity, they could only find one which was aimed at helping children with Lyme disease. This inspired Greg to create the Ticked Off Foundation in 2015. The mission of the foundation is through grants and counseling to provide financial assistance and support to Lyme and tick borne disease patients over the age of 25 who are in crisis.
0: Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview with Lyme Ninjas, Greg and Stephanie. Greg and Stephanie, hello. This is McKay Rippey from Lime Ninja Radio. Hey, McKay. (laughs) Stereo, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have a, we've got teed up a great interview. I'm so excited to talk with both of you. Uh, Stephanie, why don't you introduce yourself first, ladies first, and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what's your Lime story.
2: Thank you, sir. Um, Basically, I became debilitatingly sick in 2006, so I've been a Lyme patient for over 10 years now. I have central nervous system Lyme, and it took me several years to get diagnosed. The standard medical care of months of oral antibiotics and 28 days of IV antibiotics did not help me, so I had to turn to what are considered alternative therapies. Most of my treatment hasn't been covered by medical care, and I fought so hard to get it. So after the uh two hundred fifty thousand dollar debt that I've amassed, I've been trying to stay alive and get functional again, I needed effective fundraising solutions to continue my care. Two hundred fifty thousand? Yeah, that's a rough estimate. It's it's well beyond that at this point. And then additionally, my mother, who's my caregiver, wasn't able to work because she had to care for me. So there's her lost wages there. And I mean, let's not do the math. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Too depressing, right?
2: Yeah.
0: It's incredibly expensive, isn't it?
2: Oh, yes. And it's been a burden on my entire family. And I have quite a large family. And uh, I have a lot of people who are really... Desperate to help me, but don't have the funds.
0: You know it's one of the issues that gets talked around a lot, uh, but not publicly so much the what it does take to get treatment uh financially. none of it's free. you know even yeah. simple things like buying good food ends up costing money, and when you don't have an income, everything's a hurdle.
2: Yes, you have to be exceptionally creative. And hopefully you've retained some of your mental faculties so you can do that. Or you have supportive people around you.
0: Who can think for you, yeah. Yeah. I just got finished an interview with a woman. She was my first interview, number one, and she's going to be number 100. And I tried to Ooh. get her about a year ago. But she had a relapse of Lyme. Mm-hmm. And she just she said, you know, I well in the interview today she said I just I couldn't think straight you know, I didn't have anything oh, really? positive to share no no answers for anybody or for myself so I didn't want to talk and I just couldn't think straight so mm-hmm. it's difficult when you can't think straight when the limes invading your brain and the toxins <laughs> breaking down your brain to be able to fight your way through you know just the the spirit's kind of stuff is like keeping your fighting spirit up but let alone trying to figure out how you're going to pay for this and all the details involved
2: Absolutely, and I'm somebody who has always been uh, intensely private and independent, so Lyme really adjusted my attitude in that area because I didn't have a choice, you know? You have to ask for help. Yeah,
0: and Greg, how about you? What's your story?
3: My story is very similar. Um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease in Connecticut where I live after moving here from the Philadelphia area, um, but it took me two years to get diagnosed. So at that point, you know, I didn't have any of the traditional symptoms, as they call it. I, you know, I had no no evidence of a tick bite, no rash, no fevers or anything that I could associate with it. Uh, I, and my symptoms were mainly around, I noticed um, I didn't feel well or I felt very spacey or sometimes extremely fatigued after eating a meal, like within 10, 15 minutes. So I started... Um, Looking into a lot of gastro um solutions like leaky gut syndrome and some other things diabetes and things like that uh so it wasn't so by the time I got diagnosed I, I was well into you know chronic Lyme disease, and um like Stephanie, I went the traditional route of antibiotics, and um they made me feel worse um and my doctors assured me oh that's the herx that's a herxheimer reaction, and that means Antibiotics are working, so tough it out. Um, But the thing that really kind of broke my back um, was a a PIC line insertion in 2007 that jabbed my heart and almost killed me. Yeah, killed me that way. So, um, you know, after all that, and then going on oral antibiotics and getting a C diff infection, that almost took me out as well. Um, I decided to go the the herbal route and went on the Zhang protocol for a while, but I didn't get, you know, I'm in complete remission now because I took a trip to Brazil to see a healer named John of God. And that could be like a whole interview unto itself. But I went to Brazil. I saw uh, an interview, uh, a segment on Oprah Winfrey's network <clears throat> where they, uh, sent a Harvard doctor down to debunk, debunk what this guy in Brazil is doing, healing thousands of people a, a day, literally. And, uh, so I was at a point where I tried literally every single possible remedy that you can imagine, and I spent about the same amount of money that um it's it's ironic that the amount of the amount that um, Stephanie is throwing around was the exact same amount that I was into about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and now that was about five years ago, so now you know it's probably more um the amount of money I'd spent so i I took the trip down to brazil and Um, I basically in some meditation rooms and felt some sensations on my body. You know, he, he actually never touched me. John, John of God never, you know, touched me in a healing way. Um, and I went into complete remission. My physical appearance changed and, um, I have gone back uh, several times, um, to get kind of a booster shot, if you will. But, uh, I'm at the point now where I'm going back because I, I've also, Went through kind of a a spiritual awakening as well as a result. And, um, it's helped. I'm a musician. It's helped my songwriting. And as a result of this experience in Brazil, I started the TikTok Music Fest in 2013. So I have a background as a musician. And I, after getting better, I thought, I I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. So I started, um, the Music Fest to to raise awareness and and funds. You know, at, at, at the time, we were just raising funds for, Research and, you know, s- small Lyme groups around the country. um but after doing that for several th- times, I, you know, what was really coming out at these events was where people were, you know, it's not just music lovers coming to these events. It's, I would say 50 to 70% of the people who come to the TikTok Music Fest events are Lyme patients. And they are showing up in wheelchairs and walkers and literally just throwing themselves in my arms or the staff's arms and just crying and saying, we need help. We, we are at our wit's end. So that's when I realized, that especially after last year, we held one in, in L.A. Um, at the House of Blues. So many people are just saying, you know what we really need? We need a patient fund that helps adults. And there's a, you know, right now there's a very good patient fund in San Francisco Bay Area called Limelight Foundation, and they're helping um, young adults and, and children, people 25 years of age and under, but there is no, But and they're doing a fantastic job, but there's nobody helping the adults. And um, so I thought, well, <laughs> let, let me give that a shot. So at the beginning of this year, uh, we started the Ticked Off Foundation, which is a sister organization to the Music Fest, um, and we are doing some free counseling and raising funds um, to help blind patients in crisis. And I'm talking financial crisis. I'm talking you know physical or, or mental crisis. Um, as you may know, McKay, the number one cause of death with Lyme disease is suicide, according to Dr. Jimsek. Um And we're just seeing too many cases of Lyme patients you know on, on the Internet who are, are committing suicide because they run out of funds. They don't have the support systems that, uh, that Stephanie and I had. You know, and um, these are people who, you know, they're getting kicked out of their homes, their families don't believe them, you know, you name it. I've seen I've seen and heard the stories and I'm getting calls from all over the country, even all over the world. Um, But we can only help those in the U.S. who are just saying, "I, I don't know what to do anymore. I've run out of money. I can't even treat myself. Um, and I'm, I'm living in this house that has mold in it. I mean, you, you you know, you wouldn't believe these horror stories that are going on. So we're trying to raise money, um, to help these people out. So, um, you know, if anybody has (laughs) funds to help us, please go to ticked off org and help us. But, um, you know, in the meantime, like maybe this segues into how Stephanie got in touch with me because, you know, right now I would say there's kind of a saturation of, of donation saturation people or donation fatigue is what I call it. There's so many websites, so many different people have GoFundMe pages of, you know, please help me through my illness. And that's, that's all well and good. But I, I think the general audience is getting fatigued with that. I mean, we've noticed it ourselves. I mean, we were doing Kickstarter and um, Indiegogo and GoFundMe Um every time we did a a ticked off music fest event and we've noticed the participation in those donation drives are, are going way down. So we needed to figure out a way instead of just putting our tin cup out and asking for straight up donations to find a different way where people could generate donations to us without just getting their checkbook out. So, um, you know, as luck would have, but earlier in the year, Stephanie got in touch with me because she came up with a brilliant idea while she was trying to help herself generate
2: funds. So <laughs> I had mentioned that I was looking for effective fundraising solutions. And I also mentioned that I have family that would love to help me, but they can't just write me a check. And I had been at this for years at that point, And we did all kinds of things. We got uh booklets where you had to go out and like have people pay for coupons and all kinds of things that just they were not at the scale that they needed to be to pay for my care. So I did pretty exhaustive research and was very excited when I found a the program. Um, there's a company in New Jersey called CareCycle, and they take non traditional non traditional recyclables and they turn them into things like park benches and soap dispensers. And um, then they donate a portion of the proceeds to the charity of your choice. So I was so relieved when I found Greg, because I had actually looked for quite some time to find a charity that could help people that were over 25. I did speak to online and that didn't work for them. And, um, I had been in touch with another charity who um we we weren't able to connect and iron this out and when I talked to Greg and I believe it was first March of this year, he and I were elated because he was excited about the program and was searching for some way to fund the patient Fund for ticked Off and this enabled him to collect the recycling. It's it's people's trash. <laughs> They are donating their trash. So what it is is um, personal care recycling. Um, there's one program that recycles hair care, skin care, and makeup, and the other does oral care and deodorant packaging. So um, really awesome donors in the past have been salons because they generate specifically that type and only that type of trash and multitudes and large quantities of it. So I was I was so relieved to have Greg champion this program because it wasn't helping anybody just sitting there. So now it can help people who are in crisis, who are in housing crisis, who are in medical crisis, who are in emotional crisis nationwide.
0: Cool, yeah. And how, so, Stephanie? How did you find Greg?
2: I, you know, <laughs> I. I was actually really frustrated not being able to find a charity to help, and I was a member of a handful of uh, groups on Facebook that were Lyme-oriented, and I kind of on Facebook and said, if anyone knows of a charity that will help people that are 25 and older, please let me know, and someone messaged me and sent me, uh, they said, hey, do you know I'm about ticked off? And I was like, no, I don't. I'll happily call them. And miraculously, Greg answered the phone right away. So it was meant to be.
0: Greg, yeah. how many calls do you get in a week?
3: Um, let's say maybe about half a dozen, and they're usually from people in crisis.
0: Yeah, of course.
3: Um, yeah. Um, and it, it's varying degrees of, of level of crisis. Um, you get some people who have the situation of you know, they need housing because they, they live in a, a toxic house, meaning mold, or even I, I'm getting a, a lot of people who are e, EMF, electric magnetic sensitive. Yeah. Uh, a few people I talk to who live in tents or have to live outdoors. They can't live in a house with traditional electrical wiring. Because it, it just they can't handle it.
0: Yeah, it sets them off. So, it's crazy, isn't it?
3: It is crazy. I've ne- you know this is a whole you know I thought I knew <laughs> the, most of the range of what people were going through with Lyme, and this just uh, pulled the lid, lid off of it for me. I had no idea a lot of what these people were going through. So um, yeah, so we're in, in basically listening to these people's problems and trying to to help them whatever way we can and and you know we don't have a lot of funds right now to help people of course medical um help is the biggest thing and the most immediate thing that we can help with um and you know so people their needs vary from a few hundred dollars to you know tens of thousands of dollars so you know right now we're we're trying to help people on the lower end of the scale but um and the people who have the housing issues where <laughs> We don't have, you know, major amounts of money to help, you know, pay for their, their rent or their leases yet, but, you know, hopefully we'll get there soon. So in the meantime, we're trying to, you know, help with the, the lower end medical expenses at the same time helping, you know, kind of talk people down off the ledge or get to give them hope. Um, and at, at first it was just me doing it, but we, we've, we are taking on a few more people. These are, Current Lyme patients who are still in treatment, so they are not "quote unquote" in remission. Uh, what I was finding was, um, while I, it was giving people hope, my story was giving people hope. Um, sometimes it was frustrating people because I would talk to them about you know things that I went through, and you know I, I got healed by going down to Brazil, which was a total curveball of, a, of a, uh, an approach. And while it is John of God does not charge anyone for healing in Brazil, which is an amazing thing. Um, to get down there and to find housing is uh costs at least two thousand dollars for the two week stay that they recommend. So um, you know, that's that costs a bit of money and um it's just not available to everyone. So, you know, it it got it has gotten it's given another arrow in our quiver to have a couple more staff members who are in the middle of treatment who can help kind of people through um, with just uh, the, the alternative treatments. Uh, you know, one staff member who we just signed on last night is actually an EMF survivor, so she's got amazing ideas. Because, um, you know, people, the, the EMF people in, in particular, uh, and they get to the point where they can't even treat and they're so sensitive. They're not just sensitive to energy, um, you know, electromagnetic energy and cell phones and so forth. <clears throat> they get sensitive to some of the different protocols. So, you know, even just doing detox or metal chelation can send these people, you know, turn them upside down for, you know, a week or so. So it, it's, it's a very delicate situation. And it's good to have people who are experienced to, to help kind of talk some of these people through, you know, the ins and outs.
2: Greg, I think you make an interesting point about uh, being frustrated, and I think the Recycle for Lime program really shines in that area because it enables people at any level of ability, even people who are so sick that they can't leave their bed, everyone can participate. Even if what they can do is sit in their bed, make a video, and say, hey, stop throwing out your empty shampoo bottles and donate them and you'll be able to save this person's life. I, I think it speaks to that frustration that you can experience or or people might experience and, and kind of subduing that because it's really empowering them to be able to do something and I think it also helps in the area where you mentioned earlier that we did of the blind death food suicide. I know that it helps or can help when you have a purpose that you can help someone else. You know, you really, I think all LINE patients really want to spare people from experiencing what they've experienced.
3: Yeah, I agree. It's a common thing that I, I talk to people about. They, they, The people who want to get well but aren't well enough yet, they all say the same thing. I want to get better so that I can help other people. Not go through what I went through. It was the exact reaction I had myself, you know. After I got better, so yeah, yeah, this, yeah, the the recycle for lime program definitely does, you know, give people hope and give, you know, gives them something positive to do and to focus on. Absolutely.
0: You know, in the real, the quote-unquote real world, the world before lime, the world before you go through the looking glass, so to speak, and uh, have your eyes opened to the Lyme world, uh, sometimes a small thing seems silly. Uh, And I know even some people who have Lyme, you know, haven't quite wrapped their minds around losing the life that they had yet, kind of not finished grieving what they had. Um, For example, I have a, a patient who's a surgeon and he had to go on disability. He had a Lyme flare and he was really well respected in his field and he can't do surgery anymore so he's in the midst of recreating his life and and it's tough for him it's really tough to to give up his whole identity as as this surgeon who could really go in and help people tremendously and was really good at his job and something small well, let's quote unquote small, let's put scare quotes around it, can be an, an amazing, actual positive thing. Cause one of the things that also happens when we're suffering with Lyme and we're laid low and there are no wind, you're not having any winds in your life and your brain needs a little bit of dopamine. You know, it needs a little boost mm-hmm. every once yeah. in a while just to function properly. And if there are zero wins, and especially if you have your kind of your win factory set up, it need to be something big, um, th- th- then you're not getting any of these natural boosts. And without that, you get depressed, you get cut off, and eventually suicidal because the brain needs this, this little bit of dopamine just to function properly. So if you can reframe a win as like recycling – a shampoo bottle, you know that's that's actually a really big deal. If you we can, you know, one of the words that's tossed out there is gamify. You know, if you can turn small things like this into a game, that every little point you score, every little bottle is a win. So even mm-hmm. even shampooing your hair becomes a win because you're getting closer to the empty, <laughs> emptying out that bottle. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, and you yeah. you can
2: actually you can actually get in the shower and do it. That's a win too
0: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely. yeah
3: yeah I'll, I'll even pivot on that with with the music fests that we do, the line patients that show up. i this happens all the time, and where the the patients at the end of the night will come up to me and say, "I can't believe it, you know I haven't been able to you know stand or sit for this length of time, but I was here watching and enjoying the music, and I forgot I was sick for like six hours. yeah you know, I, we've had that happen so many times. So something uplifting. I, I agree with you 100%, McKay. Lyme is such a strange illness, and if you, you can take your mind off of the illness for a while and focus on positive pursuits, I I firmly believe there's a lot of healing that's going on, that should not be taken lightly. You know,
0: well, music's music's a powerful force.
3: As you, know. it is, it is, yeah. But yeah, and he, and even an, another thing that you said, you know, where this this doctor his life is changing. I went through that same feeling where the I I was watching the life that I had built for myself just burn to the ground, like everything that I had done at the time. You know, I was uh, doing you know uh, internet marketing for a big company and uh, also doing music, but I you know I was not doing I I had built a recording studio in my basement and was not using it at all for almost a five year period of time. And, you know, those who know me and love me were like, what are you doing? You're not doing any music. And and I had to explain to them I could it was all I could do to go to work and come home and basically go to sleep after dinner. And I just had this feeling like my life is burning to the ground. And then, you know, I went down to Brazil and I came back and I realized, well, maybe my life needed to burn to the ground because now I've got a different life. And it's kind of like the forest fire analogy, you know, The, the forest burns to make room for new growth. And I, uh, that was, I, I hung my hat on that idea for the longest time. I'm like, you know what? Cause I went through periods of time where I wanted to get my old life back. Yes, And that just fr- frustrated me. It, made, it, it took hope out of the equation. As soon as I realized that I was being pushed in a different direction that made me very uncomfortable and was painful, but it was a better life. I, now I'm looking at, I wouldn't trade this for the world. The, the disease and the things I went through were painful, but I am grateful for them now because I have a, a way better life than I ever would have had without the disease. I know to some people that may sound crazy, but those who have come on the other side of you know illness and and who are, who are even just you know kind of like seeing the dawn of feeling better and so forth, they they realize I, there's a lot of people I talk to who are of the same mindset. Yes this disease is painful and horrible as it is and was it just it put me in a in a different place that is actually a better place.
0: Stephanie, can you walk us through the specifics of how to get involved with the recycle project? I
2: absolutely can and would be happy to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a, a slow pitch, <laughs> hit it out of the park. <laughs>
2: Well, it's pretty simple. If you go on the website, org slash recycle for lime, all the details are there. There's also some fun videos and um, you can download flyers about what you can collect. So ultimately you collect. Then when you have accumulated whatever uh, weight amount is required for that program, that's different for most programs, then you can request a free shipping label, and you put that on the box and drop it off at your nearest UPS location, and it those translate into donations from my patients and prices.
0: So again, what are the things that they're looking to recycle?
2: So one program is the personal care program, where they accept hair care, skin care, and makeup packaging. So that's where you would give your lotion bottles or your shampoo or, you know, your, um, your in my case, old lipstick, that kind of thing. And then in the other program, that's oral care and deodorant packaging. You can submit um, old toothbrushes, uh, old deodorant packaging, um, empty floss, um, let's see, mouthwash, and... Toothpaste tubes. I think that's it. I think that's it's what is the entirety of that program. Um, I've actually had a lot of success with, I have a friend who is a dentist, and she's been collecting um, old toothbrushes and toothpaste tubes and things from her patients and submitting them. So that's been fun.
0: So that's a really cool idea. You mentioned salons earlier that you could set up a box in your dentist office and people could bring in their toothbrush to donate. Like you said, you're not really asking for anything that they want anyway, like an
2: old Yeah, toothbrush. there's a lot of, right. yep. right. of dentists. Was- Sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah.
3: No, I just wanted to make a point that, you know, you can either do the collecting yourself, like Stephanie was talking about, or to what you're kind of referring to, okay, is you can set up a, a drop center at, at, you know, a beauty salon or a dentist shop, you know, a place that would, would ordinarily have this kind of, a lot, large amounts of this kind of trash, and either ask them to do all the collecting, or you can show up, you know, once a month to to pick it up yourself,
0: I've got. We've all hear from time to time. You hear the story about the the little sixth grade girl or the uh, the fifth grade boy who ends up collecting like ten million box mm-hmm. tops or whatever, right? And raises hundreds of thousands of dollars for a cause. And like, we right. need to find a little army of these people. <laughs> these fun, exactly. these fundraising geniuses. And it's, yeah, we recycled twenty million toothbrushes, and now we can take care of you know, 100 people with Lyme disease or whatever it would be?
2: I found it was actually really easy. I would uh, go to Walmart, and they have a salon in Walmart. I talked to the salon manager there. She was wonderful and very excited about being charitable. And um, every time I went to Walmart, I would just stop in and collect their bag of recycling. They were so happy to share it. There's another salon in my area where I put coordinated with on a weekly basis to pick up their recycling. So I would then do the packaging and the shipping, so they didn't have to worry about it. And uh, they would give me bags upon bags every time I saw them. So there's really quite a bit of, um, there's, there's quite a bit out there to be had. And when people know that they can do something other than just throw their stuff out, when they can actually be charitable with their trash, they get really excited. As a matter of fact, the woman that I spoke with at the salon said, "If the salon doesn't agree to do this, I will do this for you, no problem."
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's a great story.
3: So, right, just some, some more of the mechanics about it. So, once you, you know, some you've either worked with, uh, you know, a, a beauty salon or a dentist office, do the, the do all the pickup. The second half of it is, you know, sending it away to Paracycle. So what you do is you actually apply or submit um on our website at TikTokFoundation.org recycle for Lime, to get a, a free UPS um air label or shipping label. So um so again it doesn't cost anyone to ship all this stuff. And um you know once you apply for that you you get it via email and you know it's easy peasy you just slap the uh the label on your on your box, and like uh, Stephanie said, there's a lot of UPS drop places. Staples is is, is a major one, um, and you know what, and there's also mailboxes, et cetera. You know those types of places. There there's many of them in in any given town, so it's it's pretty convenient to do all this. It doesn't take it takes a little bit of effort, but no money. You know, no outlay of cash. Oh, and, and-, and-
2: and as for boxes, they're happy to receive recycled boxes. As a matter of fact, I have a, a box for a, a chest freezer in my house right now that's uh, accumulating shipping so that I can drop it off and and send it in. So that should be pretty heavy. I'm excited.
0: So they can take really big boxes.
2: Absolutely. Wow. On their website, they actually have pictures of, um, my goodness, it must be probably 14 feet long box somebody shipped in that was a recycled something or other box, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's hilarious. And I love it. And I love that the company is so supportive of recycling. If if anybody watched their videos about the company, everything in their office is recycled and they just love it. And I, I really appreciate their creativity in that area and their willingness to help charity as a result of their creativity.
0: That's pretty cool. And a little bit earlier, we were talking about other ways that people can donate to ticked And would you just run through those? Like These are also low-impact ways. You don't have to reach for your checkbook. It's just kind of built into our normal lives.
3: Right. On Amazon, there's a feature called Amazon Smile. So actually, if you just type in smile, S-M-I-L-E dot com uh you'll be given um some navigation that will ask you if you want to donate to a charity and if you just type in ticked off foundation will come right up and you you can so what you donate is actually again no money coming directly from you amazon will match uh i don't remember the exact amount but they will match a percentage of whatever you buy on amazon they will send it to us and it's you know it's a pretty low percentage but you know you know how many people A day are buying things on Amazon.com, so that's one way. eBay has a very similar situation. You go to eBay and um, if if you look through the navigation, you can um, donate to a charity. eBay is actually a lot um, is a lot less restricted. If you can actually, if you're a seller, you can donate 100% of your sales. To to us, as a matter of fact, if you want to, it'd be fantastic.
0: So somebody could but, have uh, an online yard yeah, so that, sale and give you all the proceeds.
3: Yeah, that's a fantastic idea, actually. Um, so that there's that, and then Stephanie Stephanie just found out the other day that um, many credit cards have the give you the um, option to donate your rewards um, to a charity. And um, we show up. She, she noticed that we show up when she did a, a quick search on uh, when she was paying her credit card bill. So that's a, So those are three options that don't involve anybody just you know sending us cash directly. But um, they generate much like the Recycle for Lyme program. It generates donations to us by you know just a, a few flip of the of the the mouse.
0: Cool. And yeah. Uh, so, and then, I'm and sorry, then go ahead. So,
3: yeah, yeah, and then, of course, we're also, you know, we're doing TikTok off music fest, the, the music fest. We're doing at least one a year. And um, we've we got one uh we're working on in Canada for the spring in, of next year. And uh, we did one recently in Hawaii at um, uh, the beginning of this year. And, and um, you know, so the the funds that we generate from those events go to the patient fund as well. so.
0: And are you looking for East Coast, West Coast, Canada? Do you have a location yet?
3: Oh, it's yeah, it's going to be in Toronto. And um, that's, that's about all the details I can release right now. Um, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be making like a more formal announcement. We're working with some very great, really cool people in Canada who reached out to us. Um, and they've got some fantastic ideas. We're going to have a... An amazing group of talents, and um, they have started, the group has started a, a much like a, a foundation in Canada. So Canada's got a situation, they're probably, you know, several years behind where we, you know, they're, they're like maybe five to almost ten years behind with, with all awareness um in, in Canada about Lyme disease. So there, it's, just, it's really rough. And it's, there, there's, they've got a real lack of Lyme literate doctors all through the entire country. So just, just raising awareness in Canada will be a big win for them. But uh, this group we're working with is starting a patient fund as well. So it's going to be a really cool collaboration where we're raising funds for patients in Canada and the U.S. at the same time.
0: And where can people get on an email list or to find out when this gets opened up and what the details are? What do you guys have to be in touch with people?
3: Yeah, we're, you know, we have a, a website for the Music Fest at tickedoffmusicfest.com. And uh, we, you can find us on Facebook as well, ticked Off Music Fest. Um, and yeah, reach out to us, um, ask to be on the mailing list. Uh, Follow us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, uh, TikTok Fest. I believe we are on Twitter. So, Um, yeah, we'll be making a a formal announcement at the end of the year um, through social media, and then we'll be doing some press releases and so forth.
0: Amazing. You two are Amazing. You know that's like <laughs> you mentioned. Thing with you, Greg, earlier talked about you know recreating your life or creating your life. And so many people I've talked to who have recreated their life, or actually, in a they said, "I'm not happy I had Lyme, but it gave me the life I have now." So I, I'm grateful for everything I've been through. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And yeah. you know, kind of what what you two are doing is taking lime and making limeade out of it. You know, it's just incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. So I'll give you the last word, either of you or both of you. Is there anything else you want to add for folks out there in crisis or how to reach out to you or any last words of wisdom or anything else you want to mention? I would like to mention one thing.
2: Thanks. I would like to mention that there's also uh, Facebook for Recycle for Lime, and we're encouraging people to tag their collection with the uh, hashtag Recycle for Lime so that everybody can see just how much impact we're having. And ultimately, I would like to be so successful in this action that we shut the programs down and we have to get new programs through TerraCycle and recycle new items. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I
0: love it. Yeah.
3: So, last word for me is yeah. Check out our web presences on on you know the ticktopfoundation.org or ticktopmusicfest.com. We've always got new information you know on the foundation website for patients. Um, like I said, we we've been we've just recently bolstered our um, our counseling. So that's and that's right now is is a free or very, very affordable um, option for people who who right now, you know, just just, uh, there's some people who just can't even afford treatment right now. So it's just being able to talk to somebody and get it, getting, you know, uh, information, advice, et cetera, is is very helpful. And then, um, and then on the the music fest end, we've always got something new happening. Um, So like I said, this, we've got, The Canada Festival coming up in the spring of next year, and we are already lining up possibly another fest, uh, for 2017. So, you know, stay tuned for that. And, um, you know, of course, like Stephanie said, check out our Facebook presences for Recycle for Lime and the the TikTok
0: Music Fest. All right. Brilliant. Thank you so
1: much.
2: Thank Thank you. you.
1: This is a great interview, and you know, it touches on something that you and I, as a, as a, or rather Lyme Ninja, as a show, has kind of avoided talking about. I mean, which is exactly how much money it takes and the support needed to get better from Lyme disease. Like we've kind of talked around it a little bit of, of the, oh, we'll try to find something cheap to pursue, but we really haven't talked about this sheer, number of dollars it takes to to get better, have we?
0: No, we haven't, and that is the elephant in the room, the money that's needed once you go off insurance or your insurance won't cover it or all of the above there. When you get to a Lyme literate doctor and the only way they can afford to run their business without being run out of their license is to go off books and just become a cash-only patient, uh, cash-only practice. So, yeah, it's, it's a really tough issue. And the creativity that Greg and Stephanie show – with this recycling program that they've developed is wonderful. And I think it's something that uh, we talked a little bit about after the interview is something you can get your community behind, Uh, you know, going to salons and recycling their plastic bottles, which they're going through a lot of it. Something really simple, you know, put somebody's name on it or Lyme disease on it and they just throw everything in the box and then it just gets picked up. It seems so simple, but you do enough of those Boxes out there and all of a sudden you're talking about some real money. So it's it's creativity and ideas like that and passion and commitment like that which will make a difference and kind of bridge the gap until insurance comes around and the government comes around and Lyme disease gets the recognition that it deserves. But in the meantime, you know, the reality is those bills pile up and you got to put cash on the barrel head. Hmm.
1: And, uh, well, the TikTok Foundation, it also reminded me of um, Josh Cutler, who was the director of the Mayday Project.
0: Yes, it's interesting how people decide to, you know, attack this problem. And it needs to be tackled on different levels. So we need activists like Josh, Josh Cutler, and they're going there trying to rattle the cage for the CDC and with some of the government agencies and get them on board. So we need the the political side of things, we need the awareness side of things, we need the treatment side of things, and absolutely, we do need the financial side of things as well. So I'm glad you brought up Josh. Yeah, he was interview number 34 way back when. I just looked him up while we were talking. So Josh Cutler, it's a great uh, interview. He's got a lot to say about the political side of things there, and it's a great uh, follow-up episode for the one that you just listened to. And if you like Lime Ninja Radio, what we're doing here to raise awareness and share information, go ahead and click on over to our website and say hello. Click on the Facebook like box and leave us a message. We'll read some of them here on the air. We love hearing from you and your comments.
1: And Yes, we do. Yes, we do. For example, yes, we do. Here's one from Laura who says, Hi, McKay and Aurora. I just found out about Lyme in the last few months. I have had fibromyalgia for 11 years now and IBS and other problems before that. I have about 99% of the symptoms of Lyme and Bartonella and have made an appointment to get tested. But they are booked until February. I guess they do have Lyme in Colorado. (laughs) Haha, if you know what I mean. I grew up in the mountains and have found many ticks on me, two that were embedded. So I'm guessing I have it. I've had it most of my life. I'm not sure if I can be helped at this point, but I would like to know what's ahead. I've already changed my diet, take tons of vitamins and herbs, do massage and acupuncture. i like to say I'm probably one of the most healthiest sick people you could meet. Regardless, I still have sleep issues and joint pain. Uh, all the time, and many other weird rashes and symptoms. Anyway, I love your show and have been listening to all your podcasts. I will be the most informed pre-Valmy patient, provided I get the diagnosis.
0: (laughs) That's great. Thank you for reading that, Aurora, and thank you, Laura. And last... As you long-time Lime Ninjas know, this podcast could not end. It would not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja fact of the day.
1: Did you know, in order to graduate from ninja school, a ninja must have a conversation with a mime?